Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today and welcome to Not Alone. Today, we have a couple of guests with us. Jen and Kayla are here with me today and the Lord has led us to talk about a topic that we feel from the Lord is extremely important and there's extreme uh, timing, importance of timing on this topic Mm -hmm. and it is the topic of unity right now. So first of all, I want to say welcome, Kayla. Welcome, Jen. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being a part of this and speaking um, truth and, yeah. yeah, just using your voices and being a voice for God, mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. And um, it's extremely important right now in the times we are in right now in all parts of the world to bring hope. Yes, hope. I agree. Yep. Hope everywhere that we go. Hope and I think that when we talk about unity automatically, <clears throat> um, <just clears throat> extreme measures mm-hmm. of hope will rise as we Good. discuss unity and talk a little bit about division, but I really I want to hone in on unity. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. So um, our jobs as believers is to destroy the works of the enemy mm-hmm. by, um, well, and let's just talk about what the enemy is here for. He's, he, his, what he likes to do, help remember, me remember, is he's come to, it says in the Bible, destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, yeah. steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And so our jobs as believers is to uh, destroy those works by using love of Jesus mm-hmm. and bringing his love to people brings healing and bringing the light into the darkness brings truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, what is, what's okay. So Kayla, what is on your heart for this division and unity? Oh, um, yeah. So I think that one of the things I've been thinking um, about lately with regards to what we're seeing in our world. We've always seen division, um, moments of division, strong division. We've also seen moments of unity um, in our, you know, in our church history, in our, our world history. But lately, I don't think, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen um, such polar extremes mm-hmm. of either banding together or um, really falling apart as I have Ugh, over the last maybe, you know, year or so. Year, Let's yeah. say a year or so, at, at least in the West. Other places in the world have, have experienced this in ways True. that we haven't here, but at least in you know in our own context here in the West, to see such such division, uh, and when we are unified, it's usually unified against something rather than for often not not always but oftentimes. But just thinking about the idea of unity and how biblically we know it's one of our mandates, uh, and there's no getting around it, mm-hmm. and we need. Um, to take the you know the, the Lord's word more seriously now, I think than ever, mm-hmm. in terms of how how we approach Christian community, how we approach the world, and um, just because it's hard to agree with people right now does not give us excuse to uh, you know to, to fly in the face of all we read in the word of how we're supposed to love one another. Um, there's no there's no clause of accept, mm. and we don't find that ever. So right. that's been on my been on my mind to find ways to process this and think of it more seriously because I know God takes it very seriously. Yeah. 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 
Okay, I'm shifting positions if you hear like things in the background. <laughs> it's because that's my chair moving and I'm sitting on my feet, which Jessica might get mad at me for because she's a massage therapist. And says, I have bad posture right now. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but one of the things that has really provoked me lately is um, I'm writing a paper at the moment uh, and doing a compare contrast a little bit to our time to um, kind of pre-World War II Germany. Um, and one of the books I've been reading, I'm actually doing a closer study on Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Karl Barth, which were two prominent, strong Christian voices um, in that time. Uh, amazing voices and, and courageous voices, but they exchanged letters. These two fantastic minds who have really uh, influenced all of our, our theology in the church since. And anyway, they were exchanging letters back and forth and keeping up with them and reading them was one thing. But this one phrase, uh, Karl Barth was writing to Bonhoeffer, to, um, just in a sense going over what they were seeing happen. I mean, Barth was Swiss and Bonhoeffer was German. And, but they were both kind of assessing what was happening in, in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's in his home, in his land. And um, Barth at one point said, and I'm paraphrasing, and it's from a book called No Rusty Swords. And if that doesn't just get you, man, what a title. Mm. Um, it's just an obscure book that if you hunt for it, you can find it. But it just goes back and forth at one point with letters between the two. And um, I think I'm getting it mostly right. but kind of botching it, but mostly right, is he writes to Bonhoeffer... I think it's at any cost, we mustn't let the light go out. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that and having to stop and I wrote it down and um, had to process it for a while and just sit with that because it feels as though um, when the Lord compares us, his people to, you know, a lamp on a stand in a city on a hill, it's not one of us. It's that isn't just always referring to an individual. He was speaking to a crowd, to a group. As so much of his word and all of the letters are written, not all, but largely, especially our New Testament letters, to, to groups of people. And so uh, he's looking at a crowd and telling them, you all collectively, you are these things. And I'm just thinking right now, like, how do we not let the light go out? I mean, yeah. uh, it is, it's dark out there and we are uh, responsible to carry um, the presence of God. And that takes yeah. all of us. And it is hard to stay... Um, I want to say stay lit. <laughs> I don't know if that works that well. <laughs> I like it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to stay lit when, when we're, there's infighting and there's division. It's just, it's, yeah. it's damaging to the brightness of our light. And that right now, mm -hmm. it just really matters. And so, mm -hmm. um, thinking of these things and looking back throughout history of those who've had to shine bright and, you know, dark times before us, we can read their stories and their words and their testimonies of how they did that. And, um, kind of gleaned from that so anyway that's mm, so good he's journey so good. into ideas of unity okay mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. what about you jen what yeah i think i i, I always go back to psalm 133 <clears throat> and it says um behold how good and pleasant it is mm -hmm. when brothers dwell together in unity <clears throat> it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard mm. on the beard of aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And so I think, like, do you know whenever God commands us to do something, there's also the promise of the blessing that comes with that. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's sort of like, how do we keep our light burning? 
like at any cost, we mustn't let the light go out. Mm -hmm. I think we fix our eyes on number one, Jesus, the beauty of who he is. Mm -hmm. We look at his position on the cross yeah, and we model our own hearts and posture after that. But I think that the other thing we look at is, do you know, at any cost, we will fight for the light to remain in our own hearts mm-hmm. instead of becoming embittered and distanced from people, knowing that the blessing that comes from that is um, like what it says in Psalm 133. So you think about like, it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, mm-hmm. running down yep. on the collar of his robes. So Aaron ended up becoming the um, priest yep. over the nation of Israel. <clears throat> Amazing, yep. And we know that when he was anointed as priest, and as you know, they literally took a horn full of oil and poured it on his head and ran yeah. down his beard. That was a prophetic symbol of the favor of the Lord wow. on him to minister the presence of the Lord to the people. Amazing. And so if we don't walk in unity, if we don't walk under that yeah. command, we don't have the privilege, the right, yeah. the authority to minister the presence of the Lord to the people. Wow. That's wow, the cost. Wow, wow. So there's a blessing that comes with unity Mm -hmm. and there's a cost if we choose disunity because the only way that disunity is going to happen is if we choose it. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. That's actually a very good point. Both are choices. Yeah. They really are. You can choose to be unified as well. You can also, it's a choice to be disunified. Mm -hmm. Well, you look at like, remember when um, Moses was leading the Israelites and he had one group of leaders stand on one mountain and another group of leaders yes. stand on another mountain. And he pointed, so here's one mountain, here's the other mountain, here's one choice, here's another yeah. choice, here's yep, the yep. blessing, here's the curses. Um, and so I think that for us, we can look at this hopefully, mm-hmm. right? Like there's hope in choosing yeah. unity. Yes. There's a, there's oh, a commanded yeah. blessing. Every time I choose unity, every time I yep. choose to... Not be defensive, not yes. have contempt against people, etc. Not be embittered, not yeah. be hurt by somebody's opposite so opinion of mine. Yeah. When I feel afraid of somebody's um, yes. fundamental position that's different than mine. When I choose to stand in that place of commanded blessing yeah. and choose unity, I am actually opening up heaven yeah. to be made manifest on earth. That so is that's amazing. so hopeful. It is so, so hopeful. hopeful. And you know what I really love about it also is that um, I think like the Lord sees the hard choices that we make. And it, it feels as though he counts them as an act of love to him. Mm-hmm. And it feels like at the end of the day, if we can keep in mind that when I choose to love my brother and my sister, it's an act of love that God takes personally. You know, mm-hmm. like it moves his heart mm-hmm. uh, because it's an act of, a, of obedience, hard obedience. Um, but... It feels like, especially in, when it comes to stuff between other people, when we choose um, to honor them out of love for God, I feel like God takes that so personally. And to think that we can bless the Lord's heart and be a fragrance to his heart by our choice to walk in unity, it just helps. No kidding. Let's make that choice. It doesn't but, always make it easier, per se, but it does no, help. No, A lot. Like, mm-hmm. you think about that scripture verse, how it says, um, you know... Um, when when I was naked. Yeah. Matthew twenty five. Yeah. 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 You know, when I was hungry, you fed me. Yeah. yeah, you fed It's personal. And, and this idea of like everything you did unto me yeah. or unto them you did unto me. Everything yes. that you refused 
was also unto me. And so then if we think of the call to unity as, like you say, we're doing it unto Jesus. So everybody represents, if we're made in God's image, if we reject someone out of our own pain or because we're threatened, we're rejecting Jesus. Yes. 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 So we're doing it unto him when we choose unity, when we choose that humble Mm -hmm. posture, right? Yeah. I was going to ask you, how do we check if we are choosing unity or if we are what we think in our mind is unity? Hmm. How do we check our own heart? Yes, because I'm just thinking how many people might think I am walking in unity with the Lord and I'm walking in unity with the body of Christ. Maybe they're actually not. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, a heart check. Yeah, I like that. That's so, a wonderful question. And I think we all can always ask ourselves this. Mm-hmm. But so how how do we mm-hmm. how do we check this? Well, I can only just say personally how I check yeah. this. And that's um I check my levels of love mm-hmm. in my heart about people. Yeah. Um because I think that if my vo- motivation is anything other than love, um then I've sort of derailed myself away from unity, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when I think about something, someone, and I think towards them, if I don't feel that love swelling up for them, then that's my first and maybe last indicator (laughs) come to think of it. That, okay, yeah, yeah, I've strayed away a little bit, you know, because I have lots of motivations, Besides love. And yeah. I could probably operate out of them for months. Yeah, without even Generally, I get burnt out after yeah, a while. Yeah, that's actually, that's I true. Do. I get burnt out after a while. Mm-hmm. But like, um, yeah, I think that if I, if I stop and I think about an individual, I think about the church, I think about family. Yeah. If my, my first response isn't love, if the decisions I make about them towards them, etc. isn't love. Yeah. And that's an excellent check for me. That's personal. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like what it says here when Jesus is explaining, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think sometimes, you know, if we do think we're walking in unity and then we're checking our own heart and realizing, oh, I have feelings that are not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're they're popping up as the opposite of love or they're maybe feeling i don't know i say spiky right (laughs) yeah that's actually a good word spiky (laughs) then um then i i just have to think like okay then i am in this moment not getting my nourishment from the father if i'm Mm -hmm. going to the father constantly for my nourishment Mm -hmm. Then that will fill me and overflow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very good. What do you think? Yes. And yes. (laughs) I pointed at both of them. I keep forgetting that you cannot see my hand gestures and movements. Anyway, I agree with both of those things. It's very true. Um, Because I... I, (laughs) Jessa. Jessa's making faces at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. So I totally agree with um with Jessa and Jen, um, <laughs> and we're trying really hard actually to not laugh right now because Jess is laughing really hard. <laughs> you please keep that. In. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so this is how <laughs> this is how I check my own heart. Both of those things, because I feel malnourished a little bit oh. when I notice that I have strife between people. Oh yeah. Like just you know what? And I think that that's right. I would describe it best as <coughs> not physically, um, but you know, like when you're emotionally and spiritually malnourished, this feeling of just. Um, um, I don't know how else to describe it. I just, it feels, it feels like it, when I'm not being nourished by the Lord, yeah. it's usually because I've pulled away a little bit. And I find that, um, when I'm angry with people or have something in my heart, even if I don't even know that it's there or at least see it for what it is, my own connection, I, it's like something in my spirit knows it and wants to pull back from the presence of God because there's something there that is incompatible with Oh, that yeah. the measure of closeness that I'm seeking. It's not like he pulls back from me, but I notice that I have to do that with him a little yes. bit to it to carry anger long term. And it isn't moments because acting in the moment and being hurt in the moment, there's room for that. And giving voice to her feelings, it's not what I'm talking about. Because there's room for that too. You know, like in the moment of having to be honest with that really hurt me and I'm really angry right now and that's all fine and good. And I really I think that that's healthy. But it's one that doesn't get resolved and it sits yes. and then it turns hard. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm talking about. It's is I can tell good. that when I'm not feeling close to the Lord, to the measure that I want to, mm-hmm. or hearing him as clearly as I need to, oftentimes so it's because there's something that I am that is unresolved between me and somebody else. Even if it's just my own stuff. And it's not even necessarily to do with them. It's my own opinion. Yes. Yes. Or something I formed about them. They didn't do anything wrong, always. It's just that I either don't agree or there's something that um, I've decided or made a judgment against them. And, yeah. I, and it's hardened my heart. And that bleeds over into my relationship with the Lord. Whether I want it to or not, it does. Mm. Yes. And it affects that connection mm. because I've had to pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. In order to sustain and harbor my my hardness without even meaning to, you know. Yes. Uh, and God's very gracious, and He pursues us in that. But um, I think He does that because He knows the proximity of His presence kind of pushes on that button mm-hmm. and alerts us to the fact that Lord, when You are pushing in close, I'm feeling comfortable, and That's something's good. not feeling good. So, That's so there's so that, key. and then there's also just the basic measuring tool of the Word of God, and we know yes. how we're supposed to act towards yeah, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In Philippians, when Paul's telling them, you know, um, don't you, you, you're not just looking to your own interests, you're looking also to the interests of others. Yes. And do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Mm-hmm. And then it describes how Jesus himself emptied himself of the glory of heaven mm-hmm. to, to take on the form of a servant and to yeah. die a death even on a cross. And it's just like, okay, am I willing to like mimic that? Like Paul right, tells right. me to right yeah. now for that person who I'm kind of like a little, you know, I think that they're kind of. I'm either a jerk or, or I don't yeah. agree or yeah. there's something that like it's like okay but when I look how far Jesus went to not put himself first but also mm-hmm. considered mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. and I feel like the Bible is full of mm-hmm. tools that we can use to just be like oh I'm not doing that right now maybe mm-hmm. I should mm-hmm. maybe maybe mm-hmm. I should be obedient to what I know was already written down in the word of God as to how I should respond right now. So good. Mm-hmm. So key. It makes me think about how, <clears throat> you know, when it talks about taking communion? Mm. Yes. How you're actually not even supposed to communion until mm-hmm. you've mended the wrongs Mend between the wrongs. you and your brothers. You know? Yeah. And even if that means they haven't done anything wrong, I've made a judgment yeah, against yeah. them because I don't agree with their opinion. It's like, I got to let that go in a yes. hurry. And then yes. I go meet with the Lord, you know? It's very good. It's important. 
Yeah, so good. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to mention before I forget that I think one of the books that like actually has been fundamental for me in terms of um, pivoting back to um, having someone's best interest in mind, keeping my own like heart soft towards people is a book called Keep Your Love On by Danny yes. Silk. Yes. Oh, it's a good book. Okay, say it again. Yeah. Keep, Keep Your Love On. Your Love On by Danny Silk. By Danny Silk. And, um, you know, he talks actually in the book about you can have fundamental differences between mm -hmm. people and still love them yeah. well. Still have your heart turned towards them. Still yeah. be soft towards them. Still have their best interest in mind. And he kind of lays out a framework for that that... Um, at least for me, was pretty transformational yep. to read about. So I really want to make sure that I mentioned that before I forget. It's a good tool. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing that I wanted to say was, um, I think it's important to just acknowledge that right now we're talking about unity in context of, you know, it's 2021 and it's COVID. Mm. And there is a great divide happening worldwide yep. when it comes to things like vaccinations, yep. masking, um, you know, like vaccination passports, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not just talking about a side of the church. I'm talking about in the church. Yep. Yep. And I felt like it was important to actually say that out loud, that this yep. is one of the contexts yep. that we're being divided in. Yes. Yeah. And, um, like, I'd like to be able to talk about that together. Yeah. And, and not necessarily like talk about our opinions on vaccines or whatever, but more just um, acknowledge that that's one of the contexts that we're, like, wading through yep. as a body. And maybe just spend some time inviting Jesus into yeah. that context a little bit. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Really good. So maybe I'll just, like, speak from my own perspective that um, I just, I, I think it'd be so good for us to talk within that context, even about like, what is Jesus saying in mm. all of this? Because we've heard yeah. what everybody else is saying. We've heard what the government says. We hear what the medical system says. We've heard what everybody else has to say. Mm -hmm. But what does he say about, holding our ground holding our unity fighting for that over anything mm -hmm. else yep you know so i go back to what your statement is which is at any cost we mustn't let the light go yes out. yep so good mm -hmm. so good even at cost to ourselves even at cost to ourselves mm -hmm. um like i think one of the things that i've noticed about what's going on with covid is that it can become very distracting like It'd be, it's so easy to put your focus, your gaze on those topics yes. and like the subtopics that sit underneath it. Yeah. Even as a church. Yeah. And I just, I love this thought that he is the same yesterday, today, mm -hmm. and forever, Alpha and Omega, and that he's all knowing, he's all present, he's all powerful, which means that to him, some of these topics aren't distressing. They're not overwhelming no. for him. Yeah. They don't take him out. And so to just like center ourselves with our focus on him and on that. And 
on the glory of the Lord and on that mandate to not let our light go out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when we think about like what it cost him to bring light into the world in the first place. Yes, that's good. You know, is that he, like again, back to Paul's um, incredible doxology in Philippians of how, Mm -hmm. you know, being like he was God and made himself nothing. He emptied himself. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. could not have been without cost. Mm -hmm. Like to put on flesh, to go through um, our humanity. I mean, waking up with a crick in your neck or your back is sore. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. like the little things. I mean, you can, but and that's just minor. But consider that he's this eternal God made himself flesh. It just feels like he went to a very, very great length mm-hmm. to restore light back to us. And right. it feels like um, it's our mandate to carry what he left. And even if it costs a little, mm-hmm. it costs him too. That's okay. Mm-hmm. He'll help us bear it. I think he'll mm-hmm. help us bear that mm-hmm. very well. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Walking with the Lord mm-hmm. means you're giving your life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. This costs everything. Mm-hmm. When you are, as a true believer, walking with him, it will cost you everything. Yeah. It will cost you everything. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's the way it actually needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's the way it needs to be to enter heaven. Mm-hmm. Is that we give our lives to the Lord, to His will, just as He did. Mm-hmm. Right when Jesus was here, He gave mm-hmm. His life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as a ransom. Man, it's amazing, isn't it? And it's the same for us with Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't help but think of, you know, regardless of all the very difficult things that are going on in the world. Um, when we are focused on unity mm. with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yes. when we're focused yeah. on unity as a body in not just church, in not just in our buildings of church, because church, you know, I'm thinking right now, church has left the building. Yeah, yeah. It's beyond mm-hmm. walls. Mm-hmm. We know, we all know this, right? Um, but globally, think mm-hmm. about our believers globally, believers we've never even met um but they are our family and there's you know believers in jail right now there's for their faith mm-hmm. right um women that are suffering in all kinds of horrible ways um needing needing prayers from people they've never even met mm. and how this is life mm. life changing and that brings miracles to those people who really need it mm-hmm. so when we are working in unity with the Father and with the body of Christ throughout the globe, then we can just see the whole entire kingdom working and moving as it should, bringing living hope to people who are in just complete despair and hope just shows up and words of knowledge released to people worldwide. Um, Healings happening and um, just a whole new world of amazing greatness, full of hope. Um, and that's just happening naturally the way that God wants it to, mm-hmm. though that's his design in the middle of what feels and looks yeah. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chaos. Yeah. It's an amazing perspective when you think about it, because it's like, <clears throat> you know how sometimes when you're caught in the middle of the intensity of your moments, 
And I'm st still sort of thinking along that context of COVID and its challenges. Yeah. It's amazing how much broader your vision gets when you use that context. Mm, yep. Not only of what the potential is, but also what the needs are. The yeah. needs are so great. Right? So, so it's almost like if, if we even waste a minute <clears throat> being distracted or taken out yeah. by some of these things that the enemy will try to use to mm, impact our unity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this idea of broadening the perspective, yeah. opening up the perspective, mm -hmm. seeing beyond the moment. Mm -hmm. If we, if we just, if we can't see that, mm -hmm. then we are being blinded because that's the pure truth. Yeah. Do you know, in, um, in the word offense, um, in the original language that it was written in, means bait stick. Yeah. So it's almost like in this context that we're in, and I'm using this context again of COVID, but we're going to talk outside it, I know. Um, how many times do you think the enemy has waved yes. that bait stick at you mm. to bite down on so that he can pull you into a place of stronghold in your wow. life? Wow, wow, wow. You know, and... Yeah. That's what offense is, is yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm so offended that, you know, you chose this over this, or I'm so offended that you've positioned yourself this way mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever. Um, like every time we do that, we've bitten on, bitten down on a bait stick that at the mm -hmm. end of that is the enemy with evil intent. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And like, I think that when you talk about this broader perspective, that's what keeps us from biting down on that stick, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you could know at some point in your life, or maybe you'll know when you get to heaven, but if you could know that even now when life feels really pressing and really hard, but that you still stayed in unity and you still stayed believing for other people and you're praying healing for people you don't even know and you're praying for angels to be released in prisons for you know amongst people that are held in chains because of their faith um or you know children being trafficked or women mm, um in mm -hmm. under like forced um yeah. sex trade activity yeah. human trafficking mm -hmm. if you knew the result of your prayers yeah. if you only knew yeah. because it's through your praying that those things start shifting and changing and people being saved and that person actually being set free from her oppressor way on the other side of the world. And you've never met her, but that's how the body of Christ works in unity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of, I pulled out the story when we first started in Nehemiah and I just love it so much for so many reasons. It's just fascinating because Nehemiah was just, well, all of it. It's just really cool. And so it starts like his whole journey of um, uh, um, yeah. So Nehemiah, after you know Israel's been in captivity for like seventy-ish years, um, they go home, or he goes home to see like the state of Jerusalem, which at the beginning of. Well, kind of close to the beginning of, of its Babylonian captivity of Israel, Jerusalem was totally torn down, like raised to the ground. 
and um, he goes back after all this time. I mean, he that was would have been before he was born. But he goes back to you know to home, essentially his home country, and sees that Jerusalem is in pieces and its walls are torn down, and he's devastated uh, to realize that this is the state of his home and God's ordained city, and not only is is the city in shambles and his temple is desecrated and destroyed, but it has no walls to defend itself. So, you know, different people at different time were raised up to address different parts, but for him, it was the walls of Jerusalem, the walls of the city. Um, so he goes to this pagan king and is just like, this is my heart and has favor with the king. And, you know, he's given like literally all the supplies that he needs to rebuild the wall, which is amazing. Goes and just asks and the king's like, sure, here's, all of what you need to do this. And so anyway, the story goes on of their building, rebuilding the walls of the city. Um, and uh, when you read through the story, they have these three particular like tormentors to Nehemiah in their cause and the, the enemies that taunt him or lie to him or try to get him to stop his work or to come down from their work where they're threatening. And at one point, um, the people are complaining that they're being tormented by these um, by their enemy and it's just like they're going to either attack us or they're going to kill us and um i'll just i'll read it yeah um because this is just so profound and this is my favorite part of the whole maybe the whole book like of nehemiah but anyway and so so the, the name there's a couple of the enemies were, were coming and they're plotting against to come and fight against jerusalem and so it kind of starts with and we prayed to our god and set and God, we prayed to our God and set a guard of protection against them day and night. And in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us, 10 times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in the open places... I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked in a rose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And I just love that. And later on it says, it says this. Um, and this is kind of one of the ways that they, that they stayed in, in, you know, in, in what they were called to do. And uh, so each of the builders had his swords drafted aside while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So essentially, we have these people who... Um, if they're at the low parts where they were still vulnerable and the city was still vulnerable where the wall wasn't rebuilt yet um that's where they're being attacked and to thwart this attack nehemiah places people by their clans with their swords and it's like where the places of the wall are low we fight for one another and if one of you blows a trumpet we know that there's something to come and then we will come and fight for you there and so it felt it feels to read this like such a template of how we go about rebuilding is just yeah. where places are still being rebuilt and are low in the wall. We stand there with our swords while we rebuild by our clans and by our brothers or sisters or, and, and we fight for them, mm. especially where the places of the wall are, are broken down mm. and low. Mm. And it's in those places that we don't budge and we don't mm. give up our post mm. because then it's an empty space. 
And when we need help, we blow the sound of our trumpet. And that's when we have to listen for that cry of help. And we, we go to those when we hear that trumpet cry in order to keep our city safe, so to speak. And I just, I love this so much because that's how they built the rest of the wall is they had people stationed where it wasn't rebuilt, where it was low uh, and replaced by the people that they loved in order to keep the city safe because stay by the low places and fill the gaps. And if, if you are in distress, blow your trumpet, like put out your little like prayer chain thing, call somebody and we go there and we fight and we, we thwart the attack and we keep building. We can't do that alone. And you can't do that if you're fighting one another because like your post is abandoned essentially and something is left vulnerable. And I just love it so much because they rebuilt the wall. They got to it and they stood against all of this attack by not being distracted and by taking care of one another and by standing where there was vulnerabilities and not running and not fighting one another. Because they had a common enemy to fight outside. They didn't need to be doing that. You know? Do you know what comes to my mind? What I think about is, so in, in our everyday situations where... You know, we're fighting for every knee to bow, every time to confess mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord, and we're building that, yep. that you know, wall of his glory, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Is that, do you know, sometimes the vulnerable places and the ones that are crying out for help are <clears throat> the ones that are, um, you know how it says, those that are acting out the worst yes. tend to need the most love. Yeah. Like that's their little the trumpet. Covering. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? And yeah. then so like when you see people acting out in the church, outside of the church, when, you know, when people are angry and reactive mm-hmm. and aggressive and et cetera. And I'm not saying that if people are being abusive, you stay in abusive situations. I'll just clarify that. Mm-hmm. I believe in boundaries. I believe in safety. But what I am saying is, is that, Maybe the most vulnerable places right now in the body of Christ are the ones yep. that their cry for help looks like yes. this sort of behavior. Yeah. And the best thing for us to do, rather than to be punitive or we to rally our hearts or to yeah. you know, push them aside or away or to distance ourselves is to respond to them in love and rally Mm -hmm. and have their backs because isn't that what true fathers and mothers do? That's true unity. That's what Jesus did. It says in the word that when we were still his enemies, he died for us. Mm -hmm. He got naked. He got beat up. He got his beard torn out. He wore a crown of thorns. He had nails punched through his hands and his feet. He got whipped, etc. While we were still his enemies. Mm And so then I think to myself, oh, when you talk about vulnerabilities in the wall, I think about those kind of people. Mm, Yep. Yep. But, you know, sometimes I think what happens is that we're the most affected and impacted by those kind of people. And and I include myself in that because I can be reactive (laughs) and, you know, like hangry and et cetera, et cetera. And I recognize in myself when I tend to be very reactive is when I need covering and love and presence the most i need people to be unconditional and and so i just think uh, in terms of this like how do we practically live out unity you hear this story about nehemiah and then you think about how does that translate to every day Mm -hmm. that's how it translates to me in my own head absolutely yeah often the people that irritate me the most are the ones that typically need the most love and grace and covering 
and for me to like have their backs. Yeah, and realize that we're all being built together. I mean, and it's at, it's in, is that in Peter? Mm. Um, one of the Peters. I can't remember which Peter. I think I might be getting that wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but how we're building, being built together into a house. Where each stone's being placed together. Yeah, that's right. It's a cheap cornerstone. Yes, right. so we have a cornerstone in Jesus, and we yeah. are being built together into mm -hmm. uh, you know a house, and we house His, his presence and His mm -hmm. glory. And it feels like even the the brothers and sisters that are crying out for help, yeah. there's still a, there's still a stone in that wall that we're rebuilding that He's mm -hmm. building into His home mm -hmm. where He wants to abide on mm -hmm. this earth mm -hmm. and through His people. And it feels mm -hmm. like we need that stone in place because when you keep getting rid of stones that you don't like, it's gonna crumble, you know, inevitably, just like a wall does. If you keep removing the ones that don't, you know, that you don't drive with you, then mm -hmm. your wall's a little weak yeah. and it, its mm -hmm. capacity isn't the same. And mm -hmm. so. So could I ask you guys a hard question? And yes. I'm going to ask it to myself as well. But what do you do when you don't get along with someone, but you're aware of this call to be in unity? Okay. So immediately, I, I think of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And boundaries are extremely important, as we all know. Okay. And if... A boundary needs to be made that will be done mm -hmm. um, if it's if it if it's not a boundary issue then I immediately go to um, if I feel like too many too many things are irritating me or too many comments from other people are irritating me mm -hmm. I literally take myself out mm -hmm. I shut the door to wherever I'm at and I open the word mm -hmm. and I just start either reading or I'm just talking with God mm -hmm. and just, I need to be in his presence and mm -hmm. I need his presence to flow through me. Otherwise, yeah, good. Um, mm -hmm. otherwise it's, it's, um, mm -hmm. it's yeah. too hard. It's too yeah. hard. And then I, I'm making decisions and forming opinions based on, yeah. you know, my feelings yeah. or what other people are saying around me or even what the news is portraying about anything and everything. Mm. And there's only one source of truth mm. and that is Jesus and, and it is his word. This is where life literally flows from the river of life. Mm. You open this up. There's no other book that has power and light that literally shines when you open it up. Mm. So yeah, that's, those are my two things. Mm -hmm. I check boundaries mm -hmm. and then I immediately run to the Lord. Mm. And then he does, a, you know, a, a, mm -hmm. he burns off what needs to be burned, <laughs> burned so off. If you ask, he'll do it. Yeah, he'll, he'll do it. <laughs> but don't you want that? Like, don't you want to Sometimes. have... Sometimes. <laughs> yes. But <this> ultimately. <laughs> yes. But this is what I found transforms and shifts the fastest yeah. when I feel these like spiky feelings yeah. coming up yeah, yeah. whatever those are mm -hmm. I I put a name to that mm -hmm. feeling that's, that's good. good I think that's smart. name it mm -hmm. putting a language to it mm -hmm. and then I say Lord I repent of this and mm -hmm. I name it mm -hmm. to you and years ago I would have thought oh I wouldn't actually want to say I repent to the Lord because I thought it was such a like finger shaking shame shame mm -hmm. thing but no, repent simply means turning. Yeah, turning. I turn towards like you. Like I God. turn to mm -hmm. your heart. I turn my heart to your heart. Mm -hmm. 
And I find every time I've repented a feeling of um, anger to him or a, any repenting feelings to him, he immediately changes my heart. Like immediately. And if it's not, yeah, it is usually always immediately. But if, if it's not immediately, it comes very quickly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's good. What about you, Kayla? Yeah. Uh, well, I will also say that I have filled like this so many, so many times because <laughs> I can be a little stubborn and I know that. Uh, and so the Lord has been very gracious and very patient over time. Um, and I think one of, um, the things I even sometimes just do, like, am I physically just tired? Oh, and am I, am good. I hungry? Am I tired? Mm. Am I stressed? Because my capacity Oh, I know it goes good. down a lot for most things mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. I'm physically not um, mm -hmm. at my best. And so I'm learning to have grace for myself and, and ask those questions. Like, maybe this wouldn't bother me if, if I had slept well last night. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not actually offended at this. Maybe I just need to take a step back and take yeah. care of myself yeah. and then realize, oh, it was nothing. It's good I didn't blow up at them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah, totally. It would have been for literally nothing. Yeah. And I would have made a mess. Yeah. Uh, and I smart. have. Smart. <laughs> at so times. Uh, but I think the other thing is I'm trying to learn to remind myself that um, it's it's what we read in Ephesians 6 often mm. is that our battle is not with flesh and blood. And it, to the point where it actually kind of becomes a Christian cliche, and which is really unfortunate because it's an actually very solid truth, mm -hmm. is that when you look at people who um, are antagonistic, or we see them as antagonistic, I should say, or to the us, they're antagonistic, yeah, yeah. and we're yeah. for whatever. And sometimes they really are, or people who are, um, for whatever reason, yeah, uh, uh, standing opposed to us uh, yes. in a variety of ways. I can look at a lot of things. Mm. It's just trying to remind myself that um, to not take my fight out on them mm. primarily. Now that doesn't mean you're right. Just a setting boundary sometimes looks like taking a step back. Mm. And protecting, you know, from behavior that is either abusive or detrimental mm -hmm. or not wanting to be a part of a pattern of behavior mm -hmm. and thinking if I keep showing up like this, it's just yeah. going to keep perpetuating yeah. things yeah. and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. Uh, but I think it really has helped to remember that the, the person themselves, is they're not the enemy. And mm -hmm. I, I don't want to take my fight out on that. If anything, mm -hmm. I need to bring it before the Lord in prayer and... Um, either war against um, what's happening behind this or um, and when he's really gracious and gives me <laughs> a lot of compassion which it does require from him I think that's something it's, sometimes we don't have it in ourselves to walk in unity we have to ask him for help yeah. to give us a spirit of unity yes. and that can be a gift from him when we just are at our end and when he pours that out it's just like okay then maybe maybe just maybe i can actually work for them as well mm. in prayer and just think amazing um now that's something that we learn i've learned slowly after making mistakes and realizing man like i'm doing this wrong because people are either i'm hurt and not healing or um i'm not carrying this call that on the inside i hold as a principle um but outwardly i'm struggling with it and so it's taking that yeah inward look of like okay what how what do i own in that and mm. and sometimes it's just been having to reframe mm -hmm. either how am i how am i feeling uh i'm tired mm. most things are gonna bother me right now we're yeah. way too hungry my sugars are low yeah i'm really crabby and i know that so i should go into another room until i eat a chocolate bar or chips or you know something, something delicious <laughs> like that usually is putting or both is what i go for because <laughs> 
that's healthy. Um, <laughs> and then getting used to asking the Lord for help quicker. Okay. And so it's like, God, I need, I need you to help me stay in unity. And I need you to help me not see my enemy. And I, I need you to help me to fight on their behalf instead of against yeah. the person. Not that all of this is fair or right, but to see them differently by, um, by taking, even if it's just in prayer at first, taking their side before the Lord. You know, that's where it has to stay for a while because I don't have the grace to do it outwardly yet. Right. So, but before you got, I, I need to somehow make this a, not about them. Oh, you know. Amazing. Slowly, slowly learning that mm-hmm. over time. So good. What about you, Jen? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I think that um, what's been helping me, especially in this past year or so, has been noticing when... Um, I'm not getting along with someone is actually more about my own pain mm. and my own mm. triggers. It's good. And one of the things that God's been really speaking to me about is this idea of um, when we're in pain and when we're triggered is one of the most beneficial times to practice vulnerability with Jesus. Wow. You know, to be able to go... Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so hurt right now. Yeah. There's stories, old stories running around in my head yeah. that got triggered by this interaction. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe how rejected I feel right now or how judged I feel. Yeah. And typically my response would be to sort of like harden my heart. And what you talked about earlier, Kayla, this whole distance thing. Mm-hmm. Distance yourself from yep. a person, distance yourself from God. And God's been just saying, do you know how powerful it is? to be vulnerable with me in that moment. Like he uses these moments of difficult interactions with people to actually keep us vulnerable and humble so that he can prove to us how loving and gracious Mm -hmm. and merciful and powerful he is. And this is, those are the spaces that if we can invite him in, um, he can really bring comfort Mm -hmm. and transformation and, this is also the spaces that I find he talks to me about kind of the depths of my heart. Yeah. You know, so it's not even, it becomes less about the person, like what you're saying. And it becomes more about this interaction between me and God, where he mm. talks to me about the unfinished business in my heart. Yeah. And sort of the darker places in my heart where he wants to bring the light and his love. And so I think that's usually my first step is just noticing yeah. the pain and noticing the message. And then the second thing I think is to, Ask God what he's saying. Yeah. I know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I know what I think they're saying. And I am I feel like so often when I'm in that heightened state, I'm just an expert. <laughs> right? I know exactly what's going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, um, I, I find that when I stop and listen to what God has to say, often I didn't know. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know so then there's this requirement not only to be vulnerable with god but then to be humble to humble myself and ask forgiveness mm. but also to humble myself and let him give me a vision of that person from his perspective yeah and then there's that question of from there Give me some strategy here. Yeah. What does it mean to move back towards people? Yeah. In the midst of conflict. How do I love them well? That's so good. Even if 
They irritate me. Yeah. yeah. So that's been sort of the posture that God's been like inviting me into. That's so profound because then it's like you end up on the other side of it, not only in the moment healed from that initial moment, but also from a moment from years back. Yeah. And it's just like, this is an opportunity not just to have resolved from this current thing, mm-hmm. but one that you didn't even realize was unresolved. Mm-hmm. And that's, I love how God can redeem mm-hmm. so much that way um, mm-hmm. when we, when we turn to him. Well, do you ever wonder if part of why there is a lack of unity in the church is because old stories just yeah. keep rearing up their They're ugly not heads? Yet. Yeah, that is absolutely true. The stuff that we carry with us that hasn't found healing. Yeah. Oh, and then it shows up in present day mm-hmm. situations and you sort of go, see, see exactly what I, I'm saying. Yes. People suck. People are unkind. People are selfish. Blah, blah, blah. Here's my evidence. Yes. And you just build this evidence against yep. the church and against people. And oh, it's yeah. our excuse not to love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even harder still when we actually have a legitimate, like we could make a yeah, legitimate yes. case yeah. of the stuff that mm-hmm. has been, mm-hmm. you know, done to us or mm-hmm. we've been part mm-hmm. of or seen in somebody else we love, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, still, the call mm-hmm. to love one another. Wow. Yeah. And pray. And pray. Pray, pray for, for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray oh, for those who persecute hard. you. Pray. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, joining me today and speaking on unity and a little bit of division. Is there anything you want to add before we close? Mm, I'm looking up lyrics. Mm, Okay. Well, you're looking those up. Um, I just want to talk about how our hearts can harden. And when they harden... um, it's very hard for the spirit of the Lord to flow through. Mm. And so I just want to encourage all of our listeners um, to just turn every part of your heart, every hard piece, every pain, every piece of anger, every piece of fear, just simply repent the fear of your heart to the Lord's heart. Repent the the anger of your heart to the Lord's heart and he will completely transform your heart and then when we keep our hearts soft like this we can walk around Mm. healing the world yeah one step at a time and that's that's what we're here for is to heal the world Mm. amen do you want me to read these lyrics? Yes. Okay, I'm going to try and read this fast because I see how much time we have left. But this is a song called Arms Wide Open by Misty Edwards. Mm. And I'll just, I'll read it real quick. What does love look like is the question I've been pondering. What does love look like is the question I've been asking of you. I once believed that love was romance, mm-hmm. just a chance. I even thought that love was for the lucky and the beautiful. I once believed that love was a momentary bliss, but love is more than this. Wow. All you ever wanted was my attention. All you ever wanted was love for me. All you ever wanted was my affections to sit here at your feet. Then I sat down, a little frustrated and confused. Mm -hmm. If all of life comes down to love, then love has to be more than sentiment, Mm -hmm. more than selfishness and selfish gain. And then I saw him there, hanging on a tree, looking at me. He was looking at me, 
looking at him staring through me. And I could not escape those beautiful eyes, and I began to weep and weep. He had arms wide open, a heart exposed, arms wide open. He was bleeding, bleeding. Love's definition was looking at me, looking at him, hanging on a tree. I began to weep and weep. This is how I know what love is. As I sat there weeping and crying, those beautiful eyes full of desire and love, he said to me, you shall love me. With arms wide open, heart exposed, bleeding, sometimes bleeding. If anybody's looking for love in all the wrong places, if you've been searching for love, come to me, come to me. Take up your cross, deny yourself, forget your father's house and run with me. You were made for abandonment, wholeheartedness. You were made for someone greater, Mm -hmm. someone bigger. So follow me and you'll come alive when you learn to die. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's close in part. I'll start and then if either one of you... Thank you so much, Jesus, for this time today. And Lord, we just speak the power of your Holy Spirit over all of our listeners. Lord, we speak your hope, your life, your will, the Lord's will over every single listener. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to bring unity all across the globe, Lord. We pray for revival all across the globe, Jesus. And we just pray that your will will be done and we pray just the good we pray the good works of the Lord Jesus Christ mm. will be done mm-hmm. like all around the entire globe through every single nation reach down and touch every single person wherever they're at if they are in a field in a house in a hospital room um in their workplaces, just search them out, Lord. And we just ask for complete transformation in your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I pray just that we would be one Mm. as the Trinity is one. So good. Teach us how to be that way, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also ask, Father, that when we need help, with this, as we absolutely will, we'll need your help. Yeah. That you would just pour out on your people a spirit of unity. And um, just a reminder that you staring at us while you hung on a tree to show what love sometimes looks like. Um, mm. Just help. We need your help. Mm-hmm. And we ask that that love that drove you to go that far for us. Uh, would fill your people as well and that you would pour out uh, a measure of love on on your body that we've never known before Uh, for these days that are kind of unparalleled we Mm. need an unparalleled measure of of love i think as well and that's a gift that comes from you and we can't you know contrive that and we can't work that up but we can ask we know that when we ask for things like these you give uh, and we'll receive and so we do, God, we just ask that you pour out on your people a hunger for unity and um, just a capacity for love uh, when it's hard. Mm-hmm. Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless everybody, every listener. God bless and God bless uh, both bless of you. Him. Thank you again for joining me. Mm, so welcome. so Thank good. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm.
if anyone has a testimony that they are willing to share, we would just love that. So please get a hold of us, email voiceforthewomen at gmail.com or go to the website. The details will be in the episode description. And I would encourage you today, after we've all listened to this message, let's all just go love somebody today. Pick somebody just to love. A random person to just go make an action of love on. All right. God bless you all. See you soon.